0: It's an honor this evening to stand behind this pulpit, and I want to give great honor to Pastor and our First Lady, Sister Carter. I count it a privilege and an honor, and um, you may be seated. I probably won't make you stand the whole the whole service, but, uh, you know, God, he is so good. Amen. Amen, Amen. and so... as i was uh, preparing for a message for this evening that uh, you know the lord kind of laid something on my heart just just a a few weeks ago and it it's kind of been just resonating and and of course it's uh you know god was more or less i think he was speaking more to me at the time and uh and, and well he, he's, he still is <laughs> and uh so if if this isn't isn't for Anyone else? Then it's it's definitely for me and and uh, and I just wanted to share just a few thoughts tonight on it's just a simple topic and it's letting go and just let God and you can just fill in the blanks if you wish. But uh, my text tonight is taken from the Gospel of Mark uh, chapter ten, starting with verse forty six to fifty two, and this is probably a very famous. A story that most of us have heard, even way back in uh, Sunday school. But uh, I, I was reading the, the story just a few weeks ago, and of course, I have a, as I was reading it, there's just uh, it's just like one little verse out of the whole story that it just just kind of resonated in my spirit, and just you know, God just began to speak to me and uh, began to kind of even reveal some things about myself. And uh, so, so beginning with verse 46, it says, um, and they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, and blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging, and verse 47 says, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And then uh, the next verse, if we could. And so many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth for thee. And this is kind of the verse that stuck out to me out of the, out of the whole story. And he, casting away his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And so tonight I wanted to share just just that, like letting go and let God. And uh, so, I always like to use some props. So when you're first when you're first reading it, it just seems like okay. So there was this gentleman who was blind, and. Uh, he was waiting for Jesus to come along, and Jesus healed him, and then he just started to follow jesus and that's that is kind of how the story is, but there's some other things that were kind of as you begin to kind of analyze a little bit more there's some things that that may not have just come out in so many words, but we can understand what's happening and so so this this gentleman he hes he's blind so it meant that he would have had to rely on other people helping him. And so he would have been known as sometimes maybe he's the guy, you know, maybe he's the guy that is sitting at the gate of the temple, you know, just relying on people maybe to leave him a few dollars, or he maybe he would be sometimes sitting at the gate of the city or like he was he was known as blind Bartimaeus, like not so much. Not even just his first name, but the you know the writer had to throw in that he, he was known as Blind Bartimaeus, and so he wore this uh, a garment that was very familiar to people. So, so this garment like what's people would recognize it, and know okay that gentleman there like he's he's uh, a beggar. He's the type of he's a guy that is out you know panhandling whatever he can to just make ends meet. And so so his garments kind of identified who he was and that he was and identified his situations and 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 so what, what's happened is over a period of time that that mindset crept into his life and into his heart and into his mind that there's something that as long as I as long as I'm wearing this garment, there's an identity that is attached to me. And it's not a, it's not a very positive one. Like how many people would want to be known as oh that's that's blind James over there? Like it's like everyone wants to be recognized by their name, not so much a title that goes with the name, right? And so so with 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 Bartimaeus, there was an identity that was attached to to the name that was given him, and and so many times people would would see him and they, and they would recognize who he was by just the garment he was wearing, and uh, and so what is so important is the fact that is that he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming so he knew of Jesus fame he knew he knew what the miracles that Christ has already done he's heard of the stories of how he's opened other blind eyes that he's opened the deaf ears he's caused a mute to be able to speak he's he's done all these miracles and so, it's just like, you know what, this is my one and only shot of receiving something that will not only change my life, but it will change my identity. Because I'm tired of having to be known as the blind guy laying at the gate side uh, begging and, and just, just trying to make ends meet, just trying to survive so I can get through to tomorrow. And, uh, and so, as he heard that Jesus was coming, of course, he cried out and, and the crowd they tried to restrain him. They tried to, like, you know, just, like, like, Jesus is not going to want to have anything to do with you because of, his, because of his identity. See, he would have been considered, like, a, a lower-class citizen, we'll say. Like, and so they, the crowd was trying to just get him to just stop. Like, stop trying to get Jesus' attention. Stop trying to, like, scream at him and just... And so he had to make a quick decision on whether, whether I just, I'll just i just stop and not not even bother Jesus and I'll just continue from day after day just I'll just I'll just be content with just sitting and just just waiting for people to to help me and and just you know just try to survive every day and just that my moment of my miracle has passed by but it says in the bible that that he began to cry even more like he didn't care what the crowd thought at that moment. He didn't care what they were, they were trying to get him to be quiet. He just, he knew one thing. I need to get Jesus' attention. And he began to cry even more. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And Jesus heard him and he stopped. And he got his attention. And Jesus said to his disciples, you know bring him bring him over here have him come to me and this is where he made that 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 decision right then and then that quick decision you know what it says that he threw his garment on the ground. Like he didn't just get up and just accidentally left it on the ground, but he threw it on the ground because he knew this is my moment. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be, my identity is going to be changed in just a moment. And I know that the, what had it been associated, associated to me, it's, it's going to be gone. I'm no longer going to be known as, as, a, as a beggar who wore this, this garment all day. And, and I'm not going to be known as, as a guy that, you know, just relied on other people not going to be known as just that blind man, but I'm going to have an identity that will, that's going to take place. And, and, so, and so, that's, so Jesus had healed him. And when Jesus said that he was made whole, I, I truly believe that God touched him in such a powerful way that he was healed in his, his body. Obviously, he could see physically, but I believe he touched him mentally, emotionally, and spiritually that he was made whole. So all of the feelings that he had been carrying around, like his perception of how he perceived himself, like the very thing that, that in his mind had identified him as what he was. And God set him free of those things. Amen. And he, he just threw it on the ground and just walked away and walked across the street and said, I'm no longer going to be that guy that has to hang out at the gates of the city, or or just kind of have to, you know, panhandle. That I'm actually going to have a life. I'm going to actually enjoy that that life that Jesus has promised us. That that He came so that so that I could have life and have it more abundantly. He came so so that I, so that my identity wasn't wasn't just what what society has kind of labeled me as, and and the thoughts and everything, all the the disappointments I had in life isn't gonna label me who I am. And you know, sometimes we can we can maybe it's indirectly that we can allow things into our lives. It's very subtle. We heard as Pastor Shared about that, you know. I was just sharing this the other day with a gentleman uptown. we were, we were talking, and he was just he just he was sharing with me as he was smoking a cigarette, and he said, you know, life, it's not fun anymore. And I said, well, that's what the Bible talked about. The, the Bible predicted that the pleasures of sin is just for a season. And I said, yeah, it seemed like it was a great time at the time, but now, now the fun's gone away, isn't it? And he's like, yeah. And I said that, that God wants to restore the joy in your life, and it's just a matter of you opening your heart up to him and allowing me into your life, and he will change your life. And, uh, but sometimes we can be affected by things in our lives, and we can kind of indirectly allow things to come into our lives that, you know, we're not like, it's not like we're creating this great sin or anything, but we can allow things into our lives that it, uh, I called it uh, twisted truth. That's how I kind of look at it, that we've... Maybe sometimes we listen to the enemy and maybe we've listened to it long enough that it, it, we start to believe what he's saying. And it's a twisted truth. And we begin to allow things into our lives that we think that it's part of our identity. And then we just have to kind of go through life and just, you know, just live with that. And just live with it and just kind of just deal with it. But, but the problem is is that it affects us in our minds. It really does uh, I didn't really want to share this tonight but but i i've just I've, i felt to share this <laughs> and I got to apologize for for being emotional, but you know even myself i um uh, I, I allowed something into my life that that it, it really affected me in in some ways, and and it wasn't I didn't do anything terrible or anything like that, but but uh, a few years ago, my wife and I were connected and ministering to a young lady, and she had an addiction in her life, and we we tried to help her so much, and and uh, so this this one particular day, she she reached out to us and said, "I'm coming to." I'm coming to her study group today. And, and, uh, and so she came and then partway through our lesson, she, she get up and she left and she said, uh, I'm, I'm just going to go to the mall. And then we we're, we were trying to convince her to, just to go to detox, even just for a few days, just to, just to get out of the environment she was in. So later that day, it's just, we didn't hear from her, couldn't find her. And, uh, So in the middle of the night that night, I had this had this dream, and and I dreamt that this person was, they're on their knees just like this, and they're they had their head down and then they looked up and they were reaching up, and they just said help, and I I woke up from my from my sleep and I couldn't get back to sleep and so I I just walked in around our house and I was just praying. and it's said, "God, I don't know what's what's going on right now." We are praying for this person, and then, of course, a few days went by. Um, her family reached out to us, and they couldn't find her. And so, it was a few months later; she was she was found that um, she had been in a wooded area, and she uh, she had passed away. And and uh, and so we. We watched the family go through, you know, the grieving process, and and for a long time, I was listening to some twisted truths, and so the enemy had had me convinced that I that we failed, that I failed my in my ministry, you know, I. I I really was believing that, you know, because like, there's other times where we had this vision of the, this person receiving the Holy Ghost, and we just held on to that, like God's going to set this person free, and and it it didn't happen, and so so oftentimes I'd have a flashback of this, this dream of this person, they're in the woods, and they're just lifting their hand up and saying, help me. And so what became part of my identity was 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 failure. I felt like I failed. I failed my ministry. I failed this person in helping them. And I failed the family. And for, for a long time, I felt like I, I failed. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons we're so 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 passionate about reaching. Our city. There's, there's so many others who, who would fit in the same category. But recently, recently I was praying one morning and I was like, God, why would you allow me to see that dream? Only to find out that they, they died from their addiction. And then the Lord revealed to me that the person wasn't reaching out to me, they were reaching out to him, and that's when the light bu- light bulb went off, and I realized I had allowed some something into my life that started to become or I identified to me. And I was looking at the negative, and I didn't see the positive, that in their last moments, this person was reaching to a merciful, loving Savior. And I had to make the same decision as Blind Bartimaeus. And I had to just kind of cast off that garment of doubt, cast off that garment of the disappointments, cast off the garments of the fear. You know, I had to let go. And uh, that's the hardest thing to do is let go. Because why do we hold on to things? Like wh- It's just like, why do we hold on to things? Just the other day, uh, in Celebrate Recovery, one of the gentlemen spoke up, and he said, he's realized just in the last few weeks from our sessions that he's been holding on to the hurts of his life. And he said, it ex- kind of explains his angry outburst. And he said, how, how can I let go? Like, how do I do it? And, you know, that's what the Lord is saying to each and every one of us tonight. There's some things in each and every one of our lives that we need to let go of. Every one of us right now, tonight, every one of us in some way is a blind Bartimaeus where we've been listening to the lies and the deception of the enemy. And he's convinced us of some things that we've identified as part of our lives. And we have to just let that go. Let go and just let God do the work in our lives. Hallelujah. The depression, the anxiety, the effects of mental health, we have to let go of the twisted truths we've been listening to. Because all of us, all of us have been affected in some way. Maybe I shared something that maybe this was, like, too deep. (laughs) But I can tell you, like, when I let go of that, I felt so free inside. It didn't bring the person back, but I have that peace that I didn't have for a long time. And it's something I didn't really share with hardly anyone. I, I shared it with Lisa just recently. So you're the first to really hear all this. That uh, James is not a superhero, <laughs> but something I—I I was in a training session, month of February, and um, it's called Better After Burnout, and it was—it was really good. Like I just learned some different things, and one of the sessions, the gentleman said that something that ministers don't realize is that you know, as we're ministering to people and they're experiencing things in their lives that. You know, we're experiencing the heartache with them. And we, as a minister, have to be able to let go the same as the person we're ministering to. And so oftentimes, like, you know, we, can, we put our arms around people and say, you know, we're praying for you. We're helping you to get through this struggle in your life. And we're experiencing exactly what you're feeling. We, we're experiencing the pain and the heartache, the disappointment that you're experiencing. But the danger is if we, don't, if we just hold on to that ourselves and we don't let it go, it will be the very thing that will attach itself to us. And if we aren't careful, we can end up start listening to that twisted truth. That's, that's what I'm calling it, twisted truth from the enemy. Like he's twisting what really transpired. And we, we can get to the point where we start to believe it, and we could be just like blind Bartimaeus, where he's wearing a garment that identifies who he is. But see, the Bible says that we are we are God's people. Hallelujah. We've been purchased with his redeeming blood. Hallelujah. And so tonight, I just, I want to challenge each and every one of us, even right now, if we could just close our eyes for a moment. Jesus, God, if there's something in my life, Lord, that is trying to attach itself to me, God, and Lord, that, it, that I start to believe that it's, it's just part of my identity. I'm, being, I'm going to be identified as that. God, that you would reveal it. And God, that I would just let it go. And just allow your Holy Spirit to minister and touch our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we have to push and persevere to get the need that's in our lives. Like Blind Barlamaus, he could have, he could have easily just said, you know what. I, it's, it's not worth it. I, I, can't, I can't do this. He's, he's already passed by me. My moment is past, and this is it. I'm just going to have to live the rest of my life, the rest of my life, being associated, wearing this garment, and what it represents, the heartache. Hallelujah. We need to cast off those, that garment, whatever has identified us and embrace Jesus. We just need to let things go that are holding on to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Jesus, hallelujah. I can tell you that That on the other side, you will experience a peace. I know sometimes it's, it feels like we're just reliving that moment, and it's it's like heartache, and we feel like the, that brokenness all over again. But I can tell you, just in it's you know, in a flash, that uh, those hurts would disappear, and you will experience a peace and a joy like never before. Know that we all have a new identity. And Lord, I don't want anything in my life that associates me with my past. And we have to have the same approach. That's what, that's what blind Bartimaeus was saying when he, when he cried out to the Lord. When he cried out to Jesus, is that I, I, I want something to change in my life. And he knew that his, his only solution was Christ. You know, the, the end of the story was that when Jesus said, you can go your way, you have been made whole. That was his opportunity to say, thank you for the miracle. Thank you for the healing. I'm going to go home and see my family. And I'm going to enjoy, like, I can imagine, like, you know, just imagine what it would be like, like, Maybe for the first time in a long time, he's actually experienced what it looks like to see color, to see daylight, to see the sun, see the clouds. Like, I would have envisioned that he would have been like, wow, check this out. Whoa, look at that. Whoa, look at the speaker. Wow, man, that is crazy. Wow, you know, like, oh, look at this tree over here. Wow. You know, he would have been excited because think about it, he hasn't been able to see for a long time. And all of a sudden, Jesus restored his sight. He could have just easily just ran through the city just screaming and shouting. and Of course, everyone would have been like, man, what just happened to that dude? Wasn't that the guy that was at the, the gate begging? Like, he, I don't see the garment he was wearing. You know what? Like, is that the same guy? Like, it is him. What, what's he doing? What, what happened? Like, and look back and see the garment just in the dust. We have to do the same thing. We need to do the same thing. But it says that he, he didn't just take off, that he followed Jesus. Now, the Bible doesn't really say anything more about his life, but I believe that he followed Christ very closely the rest of his life. And that's what we need to do is follow him ever so closely you imagine being in a place where you could just feel the very heartbeat of God? Hallelujah. Jesus wants to set every one of us free. Free of what has we've allowed into our lives and we've kind of identified it as this, you know, this, it's just part of me and I just have to live with this the rest of my life. Dealing with Depression, addiction, all that stuff. When God is saying, you know what, just let it go and just let me move in your life. Because I can tell you, depression is, it is very powerful. Because I I went, I experienced depression. It was, I didn't even realize what was happening, but it, it was way back in 1997 and it at the end of it, it had had taken such a root in my life i was just a miserable person i isolated myself from my friends my family even my coworkers had noticed uh, a big change you know like they would come over and they'd say hey james you all right and i'd be like slamming the drawers on my toolbox and throwing my tools on the bench and and, uh, and, you know, the, like Sheldon would probably get chuckled out of this, but you know what's a really good stress reliever is if you're having to remove, like, a, like the ball joints or wheel bearings out of a Dodge truck. I mean, there's a big mall and you can just whack it as hard as you can, just beat the bearings out, and it's just, oh! you know. And then afterwards, you're just like, oh, oh, oh. it's coming out. So my coworkers knew there's something wrong with James. Like he's <laughs> he's really changing, and it, but it was this, it was a depression. You know, by the end of it, it was to the point where, you know, I, I suffered with it for almost two years. It was to the point where I was crying myself to sleep every night. You know, that's not normal for a, a young man in his twenties to to uh, cry himself to sleep every night. But one night I decided to go to church and I went to visit my parents and I went to church. You know, and I just kind of sat in kind of the middle section and I just felt it's like God was just, he was just at church just for me that night. And it's like God was just saying, stand up and receive what you're looking for. At first, I kind of resisted, and, and uh, I started crying and started crying some more. And then finally, it was just like, okay, I, I can't do this anymore. God, I can't live like this anymore. Um, I've really messed up my life. I've really made some mistakes. I've been, I allowed some things into my life that that it became part of my identity And then in a moment, I stood up and I lifted my hands, and God filled me with the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I began to speak in heavenly language, and instantly, the depression lifted off of me, and I felt so free. I, I, uh, I was so free that I was on the roof of the church, and I could look down, and I could see myself with my hands raised, speaking in heavenly language. I know it sounds warped and it sounds twisted, but I really, I really was on the roof of the church, and I was walking back and forth on the roof of the church, and I felt so free. Like, I've never experienced freedom like that, and I felt so free. And you know that freedom has never left me. To God be the glory. because He set me free of some things that had identified itself to me. And he will, he can do the same for you, cause I'm no I'm not special. There's nothing special about me. I'm just just James Beckerton. That's it. Just James. And it says that he is no respecter of persons. And he he wants to so graciously set us free some things in our lives. The thing is, he he can't do it for us. And this is uh. And this is the hard part. This is the part where we actually have to take that first step. And that's all God is looking for, is that if I can see that first step, if I could just see the faith like like blind Bartimaeus. He was convinced in his mind before even Jesus came. He was convinced even before Jesus came to Jericho that if he can come to my town, come to my city, and if I can get close enough to him, he can restore my sight. He can change my life he can change what has identified myself as i'm not i'm not going to be this blind guy that has to go around and beg and panhandle the rest of my life like that's not a life that's just surviving that's not living and we have to have that same approach where where god it's in my it's in my desperation that i'm reaching out to you and i'm casting off whatever has tried to attach itself to me i'm casting off all of that twisted truth that the enemy has been slowly just whispering in my in our ear that he's uh, twisted the truth and that's exactly what he does he's he's been doing it ever since the fall of adam and eve he's been twisting the truth but the truth is that in romans 6 it says that we walk in the newness of life our old life like what this represents now it's it's gone. It's, it's tossed aside. We let it go. We let it go. And we are walking in that new life that Christ has given us. Being converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ means to walk in newness of life. That we can experience being born again. That we can have our sins be forgiven. That in a moment we can come to an altar. We can, we can go to God anywhere. So we've seen people reach out to God in alleyways. Just the other day we, we had the privilege of praying with this with this young lady her, her life is really she's just dealing with a lot of things in her life, and we had the privilege of praying with her and you can see the tears running down her face and in that moment we we felt such a presence of God in the most in the most uh, hard hit area of our city because God he wants to set people free so we can We can be born again. We can have our sins forgiven. We can go in that watery grave of baptism where our sins are buried with Christ, our old life. All those things that have identified who I was and not who I am. I'm not that same person. I'm not what has identified me as. I'm not that person anymore. I'm not that person that's struggling with with addictions and depression and all these things, that I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. And God, he wants to pour out his Holy Spirit into our lives. You know, just a few weeks ago, I shared about uh, what Jesus wants us to do, and he wants us to bring to him what we have. And you know, the greatest, really all that we really have to give to him is ourselves. But in order to bring our vessel to him, it requires us to empty that out because he wants to pour his Holy Spirit into our vessel. But if it's full of other stuff, his Holy Spirit isn't going isn't to fit. And so we have to kind of just release everything and just pour out before him. And God, he will fill us with his Holy Spirit. He will fill us with that gift of the Holy Ghost, because he wants every one of us to have that gift. We can't buy it, we can't we we can't do enough good works to earn it. It's a free gift that only God can pour into. But our vessel has to be empty. And Jesus is saying, just bring me what you have, and that is yourselves. We got to let go and just let God do something new in our lives. We got to let go of the former things and embrace the new. So in Isaiah, it says, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. So what does that mean? Basically, it means stop trying to hold on to the past. That's what it means. You got to let the past go. We can't go back and change the situations. We can't go back and fix the wrong that has been done in your life. We can't go back and, and the people that hurt you make it right. You have to let it go. You have to let it go. So don't dwell on the f- former things. Don't dwell on the things that have happened in the past. But God is saying I'm doing something new in your life. It's going to spring forth And do you not realize it? Do you not realize tonight what God is offering for each and every one of us? That we can have perhaps maybe a new identity tonight. That God even makes a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. How many have ever been in the wilderness? (laughs) Well, I know what it's like to be in a jungle. So I think that was probably the most wilderness I've ever experienced. On our missions trip a few years back but it's not really in a literal sense it's in a figurative way sometimes we go through some dark times in our lives and it seems like nobody else has been on this path it feels like we're all alone in this has anyone felt like i'm the only one that's experiencing this is this is it maybe it's just james Becker, and maybe just maybe it's just I. it's just because god's punishing me for just being a I'm a bad kid for my parents. Or just, I just—I don't know—giving my parents such a headache. And you know, uh, we were joking around a few weeks ago at my parents, and and uh, of course, my mom was sharing stories with Lisa, and she was just like, "What, James?" I'm like, "Oh, I wasn't that bad," and just you know, just and I was just like, "I think really, I'm the res- like I'm responsible for every gray hair." I think I just, you know, just like. Just some of those things I just forgot about. And then, you know, I started hearing the stories, and it's just like, oh, man. And uh, kind of the neat thing is one of my closest friends growing up, she's, uh, she's uh, Daniel's homeroom teacher. So, of course, she shares stories of our teenage years. And it's just like, cover your ears, boys. <laughs> but you know what, God? He makes a way in the wilderness and he places rivers in the desert. So even when it seems like it's a dry place, it seems like there's nothing here, there's no substance here that he provides nourishment for us. He supplies everything that we need. So do not dwell on the past, but embrace what God is doing in your life. He's given you a new purpose. He's given you a new direction. That's what happened to blind Bartimaeus. He got a new purpose. He re- discovered you know what i don't have to panhandle anymore i can actually just go and live my life i can i'm free like i'm free from those things in my life i'm free from what has identified me as like i'm no longer i'm not going to be called the blind bartimaeus the the blind guy at the at the city gates or sitting outside the temple like, I'm actually going to be able to walk into the temple on my own, on my own free will. I'm going to be able to walk into the presence of God. I'm not going to have to be led in and kind of just set aside. And, and the other part of it is, I'm going to be accepted into society. You know, that's the biggest thing, is, is in our minds sometimes we get, this, we get these twisted truths that we just don't fit in. Like, we're not accepted. We're the outcasts. You know, that's what this garment symbolized for blind Bartimaeus, is that he was an outcast. So just imagine going through life just thinking, you know, I'm an outcast. Nobody understands me. Nobody, nobody cares about me. And nobody loves me. But when he encountered Jesus Christ, it says in the Bible, it says that he made him whole, he touched him. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Hallelujah. Who wants to be made whole tonight? Hallelujah. You can be. You can be. So church, we need to just let go of what is trying to identify who we might be. Because it's just twisted truth. Don't listen to that silly serpent. Trust in what you hear from God. Don't allow him to consider... Continue whispering those lies in our ears. Hallelujah. Maybe there's someone tonight, maybe someone is watching online tonight, maybe you're at the crossroads of your life and you're, you're feeling like you're like blind Bartimaeus where maybe this is my moment right now. I encourage you just to reach out to a loving Savior right now in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, that you could touch somebody's life right now hallelujah your spirit is not confined to just one location but god that you could just step into somebody's life right now in the name of jesus christ oh hallelujah hallelujah jesus hallelujah someone has to declare that my past doesn't identify who i am and yet just say that my past doesn't identify who I am but Jesus Christ he identifies me hallelujah he placed his name in my life hallelujah I'm just gonna ask if the music would come back and uh, forgive me tonight for for being uh, a little bit emotional and maybe I shared some things that maybe I shouldn't have shared I, I completely apologize but I think it's, it's good that we realize that we're all human and we all experience things like, and that we're not superheroes. <laughs> you know, we we love to think that we are that we like, wow, yeah, let's go, James, we're taking on the city, yeah. Hallelujah. You know the greatest heartbreak of a minister is when we. I want to see somebody experience salvation more than the person we're ministering to. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.